Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S.? Well, it is, with over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Look, have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? I know, who needs woes and wasted weekends? Finding Fast Growing Trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure. It is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they've got it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. Go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Friday, 2 February. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. We're starting things off in the Middle East, where U.S. officials confirmed to CBS News on Thursday that an official retaliation plan has been decided on after an attack killed three American service members in Jordan. This, of course, will be the least surprising retaliation in the history of retaliation planning, given that the White House has spent the past several days advising anyone who wants to listen that the U.S. has now decided how to respond to the deadly drone attack in Jordan. Later, the Biden administration is cracking down on Jewish settlers linked to violence against Palestinians in the West Bank. Plus, we'll look at the cases of four Chinese nationals recently charged by the U.S., for aiding the Iranian regime's weapons program. And in today's back of the brief, Russian dictator Vladimir Putin plans to punish any Russians abroad who speak out against the war in Ukraine or the regime with harsh financial penalties. But first up, the PDB spotlight. Let's begin with the situation in the Middle East, where the U.S. is expected to launch retaliatory strikes any day against Iran-backed militias after an attack killed three American service members in Jordan last weekend and injured at least 40 others. After much speculation, U.S. officials confirmed to CBS News on Thursday that they have settled on a plan of action, which will see the U.S. military engage in multi-day strikes in Iraq and Syria against multiple targets, including Iranian personnel and facilities. It's good that they're laying all this out for everyone. You wouldn't want this to be a surprise. The report comes just days after President Biden said he had made up his mind about how to respond to the deadly drone attack, which is believed to have been conducted by the most powerful of the Iran-backed militia in Iraq, Qatayb Hezbollah. They're part of the Islamic resistance in Iraq. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said Thursday in remarks to the Pentagon, quote, This is a dangerous moment in the Middle East. We will continue to work to avoid a wider conflict in the region, but we will take all necessary actions to defend the United States, our interests, and our people, end quote. Now, according to the CBS News report, weather in the region will be a major factor in determining when exactly the U.S. carries out their retaliation. Officials said that while they certainly have the capability to operate under any conditions, they prefer better visibility to limit the risk of inadvertently harming civilians. Officials noted that Qatayb Hezbollah's announcement on Tuesday that they were suspending all military operations against U.S. forces in the region 
has not factored into any delays regarding a military response. The group was reportedly pressured by both the Iraqi government and the Iranian regime to curtail their operations in the wake of their deadly attack in Jordan. The militant group went to great lengths to distance Iran from attacks on U.S. troops in their statement, claiming their group operates, quote, without any interference from others. Now, here's a pro tip. Anytime an Iranian proxy group, funded, supplied, and trained by Iran, goes out of its way to claim that Iran had nothing to do with anything, they're lying. Iran appears to be increasingly nervous about the forthcoming U.S. retaliation, claiming this week that they had nothing to do with the deadly attack on U.S. troops in Jordan. Said one Iranian regime spokesperson, Look, I know we fund Khatib Hezbollah. Do we provide them with weapons and training? Well, sure. I mean, do we encourage them to carry out our primary objectives of destroying Israel and removing the U.S. from the Middle East? Well, okay, maybe we do. But does that make us responsible for their actions? All right, fine. I guess we're responsible. End quote. Now, if you're keeping score at home, I, I made that entire quote up. The chief commander of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps did say Wednesday that Tehran is, quote, not looking for war. He did, however, warn that Iran was ready to respond if they came under direct attack. The commander said, quote, We hear threatening words from American officials. You have tested us, and we know each other. We will not leave any threat unanswered. End quote. In another surprising move, officials with the IRGC said Thursday that they would be scaling back deployment of their senior officers in Syria, instead relying more on Shiite militias in the region to maintain their power in the country. The move comes in the face of increasing Israeli airstrikes in Syria that have killed more than half a dozen Iranian officials. It's just another sign that Iran is increasingly fearful of blowback from their provocative actions since the 7 October attacks through their use of regional proxies, be it Hamas in Gaza, Hezbollah in Lebanon, the Houthis in Yemen, or militant groups in Iraq and Syria. Iran's axis of resistance, as we've discussed before, has been carefully cultivated by Iran over decades, with the Quds Force, the elite and overseas wing of Iran's IRGC, training and arming these organizations. All right, coming up after the break, we'll discuss the latest action by the Biden administration regarding Jewish settlers linked to violence against Palestinians in the West Bank, and the, the case of four Chinese nationals recently charged for aiding Iran's weapons program. I'll be right back. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to 
arkseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arkseedkits.com. Hey, Mike Baker here. Have you ever walked into a room and immediately admired the best dressed person there? Of course you have. Now, as the kids say, they they got their fit going on. Okay, I, I have no idea whether that's what the kids actually say. I just I just heard it once. Anyway, picture this. It's wedding season, right? So you're at a wedding. You've been invited. You're not crashing it. And all eyes are on the bride and groom. But you, well, you're turning heads too because you're the best dressed person in the room. Now, yeah, you don't want to steal the bride's thunder. So maybe dial it back a bit. But you get my point. So how do you orchestrate this situation? Well, you do it with Indochino. With Indochino, you walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though their suits start at just $499. Now, let me tell you about the process of customizing and ordering with Indochino. You can design the suit that you want and fine-tune every detail. From lapels to linings, it's all online. When the suit arrives, you'll be knocked out by the quality of the fabric and the perfect fit. Look your best this wedding season, at the table or on the dance floor or or dancing on the table, whatever you choose to do, just be careful, when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code BAKER, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you thought it would be, to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's Indochino.com, promo code BAKER. Welcome back. President Biden has announced that he will impose sanctions on Israeli settlers accused of West Bank violence. This move, one could argue, is a sign that the U.S. is losing patience with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. Biden signed the executive order on Thursday, which establishes a system for imposing financial sanctions and visa restrictions on Israelis found to be involved in attacks and intimidation against Palestinians in the region, including those unlawfully seizing Palestinian property, according to a Reuters report. The Biden administration said Thursday that they had already put the measures into action, imposing sanctions on four Israeli men allegedly linked to settler violence, freezing their U.S.-based assets. Now, the U.S. has been aggressively pushing Israel to curtail violence against Palestinians in the West Bank. Daily attacks by settlers have reportedly more than doubled since the deadly 7 October attacks on Israel by Hamas. President Biden has reportedly made personal appeals to Netanyahu, who has long championed Israeli settlements in the West Bank. Netanyahu is reportedly reticent to engage on the issue, calling the administration's latest executive order, quote, unnecessary. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said on Thursday, Israel must do more to stop violence against civilians in the West Bank and hold accountable those responsible for it. The United States will continue to take actions, he said, to advance the foreign policy objectives of the U.S., including the viability of a two-state solution, and is committed to the safety, security, and dignity of Israelis and Palestinians alike, end quote. On that score, a spokesman for the State Department said Wednesday that the U.S. is actively seeking the establishment of an independent Palestinian state that includes security guarantees for Israel. To put this fresh push for a Palestinian state into context, let's briefly revisit the history around a two-state solution in the region. Now, the United Nations first adopted the principle of the two-state solution back in 1947 as part of their partition plan for Palestine. However, Arab leaders rejected the proposal. 
Palestinian support for the idea didn't really crystallize until the mid-70s, though most proposals from the Palestinian Liberation Organization, or the PLO, have failed to recognize Israel's right to exist. Over the years, Palestinian leaders have been granted several opportunities to pursue a two-state solution, but the process has repeatedly been derailed by hardliners, such as Hamas, who fundamentally reject Israel's right to exist. Israel and Palestine came close to achieving some form of detente following the historic 1993 Oslo Accords, which formally recognized Israel's right to exist and led to the creation of the Palestinian Authority, which currently governs the West Bank. However, destabilizing terrorist attacks would eventually derail those efforts. An agreement also failed to materialize at the 2000 Camp David summit, despite Israeli leaders offering Palestinian leaders Gaza and 97% of territory in the West Bank. Hardliners again rejected the right of Israel to exist, leading to the Second Intifada uprising against Israel. Efforts to revive a two-state peace deal since then have failed to make any meaningful progress. All right, shifting gears. U.S. authorities announced criminal charges against four Chinese nationals accused of aiding the Iranian regime's weapons program for more than a decade. Officials with the U.S. Justice Department revealed the charges on Wednesday, which alleged that the Chinese nationals helped smuggle U.S.-made electronic components to Iran that could be used in the production of attack drones, ballistic missile systems, and other military hardware. And that's according to a Fox News report. U.S. Attorney Matthew M. Graves said, quote, Our indictment alleges a years-long complex conspiracy to violate U.S. laws by procuring U.S. technology with military uses for entities in Iran who would do us harm, a serious offense that endangers our national security, end quote. The group reportedly operated their criminal scheme between May 2007 and July 2020. They allegedly used a network of front companies in China to funnel a vast amount of dual-use U.S. origin commodities with military capabilities to Iran. The accused would allegedly misrepresent the end destination of these electronic components to U.S. companies, routing the shipments through China and concealing the fact that they were bound for Iran. Arrest warrants have been issued. However, authorities said the four Chinese nationals are all currently in hiding. They face up to 35 years in prison for their various violations of international and U.S. law. Assistant Attorney General Matthew Olson said, quote, Such efforts to unlawfully obtain U.S. technology directly threaten our national security, and we will use every tool at our disposal to sever the illicit supply chains that fuel the Iranian regime's malign activity, end quote. The revelation comes as the situation in the Middle East continues to deteriorate, fueled by Iranian proxy groups that employ Iranian-made missiles and drones. All right, coming up in today's Back of the Brief, leaders in Moscow are planning a crackdown on anti-war Russians living abroad who criticize the Putin regime. It's surprising to think that Putin might be a thin-skinned despot who can't handle criticism. I'll be right back. 
Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings and barbecues. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. In today's Back of the Brief, we're learning that Russian dictator Vladimir Putin is planning to aggressively pursue his own citizens living abroad if they criticize his administration or the regime's war against Ukraine. Russia's parliament passed a measure on Wednesday that would allow the government to seize the property of Russians living abroad if they are found to, quote, besmirch our country. Well, that seems pretty heavy-handed, just for the simple act of besmirching. The law also targets the assets of any Russians living in exile who commit purported crimes against national security, according to a report by the New York Times. The law is aimed at clamping down on the hundreds of thousands of Russians who have fled the country since Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Many have high visibility on platforms such as YouTube, where they air their grievances against the Putin regime. Putin reportedly said Wednesday, quote, all this scum that's always present in any society is being slowly, slowly washed away, end quote. At the same time, Putin has been increasing pressure on countries in Southeast Asia and the Middle East to restrict the freedoms of Russians speaking out against the Putin regime. An anti-war Russian language rock group was recently imprisoned in Thailand as they fought efforts by Moscow to forcibly deport them back to Russia for prosecution. In another example, a popular Russian-born rapper was recently banned from re-entering his adopted home in the UAE due to pressure from the Putin regime. Dmitry Gudkov, the exiled Russian opposition politician, told the New York Times that Russia's aggressive pursuit of anti-war citizens abroad is aimed at sending the message that no one is safe from Putin and that they can, quote, grab anyone, anywhere. 
Now, Putin's manic efforts to control and punish his critics, while not surprising, do reflect the reality that the Russian military has not been able to meet Putin's expectations and objectives. And his primary concern is internal social unrest, a Russian population increasingly dissatisfied with the progress of the war and the high casualty rate. The last thing Putin needs is a rising chorus of anti-war influencers operating outside his reach. With Putin's latest efforts, he's attempting to prove that nobody is, in fact, outside his reach. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Friday to February. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.